1: Welcome, everybody, to this week's Last Action Podcast. Uh, I am the Sphinx, and joining me are my co-hosts. We've got LPJ. What's up? I plan on changing my hair color at least three times during this episode. <laughs> it better happen. Like, I, there better be in your dungeon of a basement, there better be some sort of sink back there so you can start working on it, all right? Mm-hmm. No problem. Uh, all okay, right, cool. And we've got Hovercraft Joe. What's up, Hovercraft Joe? Uh, what else, thanks I gotta say, uh, every time you start the show, I secretly hope you're going to introduce me before LBJ, and then I die a little su- inside every time you don't. So you know, I am not a man of of repetition. I like to go. You know, I like to kind of throw throw it back and forth. You know, like you yeah. don't know who's going to be. First. I just appreciate that you called us your co-hosts and not your sidekicks. So oh yeah, I'm not an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> and we have a special guest with us uh this week uh to talk about this batshit crazy movie. Uh on our Discord on Games of the Media, you know him as Bax Baby, uh or possibly sci-fi AJ, but we have with us AJ today. AJ, welcome to the show
0: thanks guys i uh, appreciate you guys having me and I think um as someone who tried to do the podcasting thing and didn't really like ride it out that long I'm really impressed with you guys for like the dedication you know and how long you guys have been committed to it and like continuing to grow and like bringing other hosts on and stuff so uh, so yeah my attempt is at saying thanks for having me and also being encouraging because like I understand that it takes work you know so like props to you guys for that and, uh, and thanks for having me
1: Anytime, and to be honest, this podcast has kind of become a war of attrition between the three of us to see who's going to quit first.
0: <laughs> That's really all say, it is
1: at this point. I was going to say, AJ, it's, it's really shocking that we're still here. To be quite honest with you, oh yeah, it is. It is absolutely a war of attrition. I I would like to add an amendment and say that I think it's between you and Sphinx who's going to quit, and then if one of you quit, I would. Or if you guys are just like, oh, the podcast isn't happening anymore, I'd just be like. Okay. <laughs> I feel like if I left, you guys would make it like five more episodes before you like <laughs> get it together and the podcast died. So five, wrong. maybe half an episode. <laughs> it, really, it really depends on what movies we pick. That's true. Yeah. That's true. So, so, speaking well, of picking movies. <laughs> uh, so, this one's but, a gem. But I Before before we even talk about picking some movies, you know we can talk a little bit about the podcasting <laughs> network that we're a part of real quick. So we are part of the games of the media. And uh, if you'd like to support us, even though we just talked about how we might quit, I guess. Uh, but very thankful uh, for AJ uh, saying those kind words. Uh, if you feel similar and you're like, you know what? I can financially help these dudes so that they don't just get up and walk off and quit one day. Uh, check us out on patreoncom slash games of the media games of the media is our, our network that we're a part of. We've got four other shows here on the network for you. And it's, it's either a dollar a month or it's $5 a month. Believe it or not, that amount does help us in and paying our bills and, and getting everything uh, ready for you guys, uh, each and every week, uh, with all the other shows that we do. Uh, if you do sign up for the $1 tier, we actually have a special bonus show for those people called The State of the Zilla. And all the members of the GameZilla Media Network um, go on there, and they just talk about all sorts of, you know, different things that that they enjoy talking about, that they have interests and hobbies in. Uh, this month, uh, me and Xander uh, talked about our love of Foo Fighters as they had a new album come out uh, this month. Uh, LPJ, Hovercraft Joe, you guys have talked about comics i believe yeah Yeah. comics toys anime toys i've been on a few times and uh Mm -hmm. usually it's with craig or my brother and sometimes with joe and yeah we talk about all kinds of nerdy things yeah so if 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 that seems to to interest you that's a bonus for you for the one dollar tier but really it's that five dollar tier uh each month for five bucks uh each of our shows has a bonus show that we create. And here on the last action podcast, we have what we call the post credit scene where we focus on a topic, obviously involving the action movies that we love to talk about and watch. Uh, This past month, we uh, actually went through all the recent updates of the MCU and kind of what their projected ideas are for the next few years, uh, as well as the star Wars updates. So we talked a lot at Disney and Marvel and then the star Wars uh, universe and kind of what our thoughts and hopes are for all the upcoming projects that they have going on. Uh, so give that a listen. And, and honestly, all of our previous episodes of Post Credit Scene are available to you as well. So check us out. Patreon.com
0: slash GameZilla Media.
1: Okay. First of all, <laughs> how did we get to this movie? I, 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 I think I can... Wait, do we announce the movie? Do we talk about the movie? We're, okay, we're doing, we should yeah. say, we're doing double Team. The 1997 Jean-Claude Van Damme, Dennis Rodman film. But I I, 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 can, I think I can paint a picture of how we got to doing this film, okay? So, some of you know, if you listen to the podcast, uh, a couple weeks ago, maybe last week, I don't know, we did uh, <laughs> Showdown in Little Tokyo, okay? Now, when watching Showdown in Little Tokyo, like you guys watch stuff on Amazon and will recommend movies, Sphinx saw that it recommended Double Team. Like, was like, you might also like this. So he messaged LPJ and I, he's like, did you guys know that Jean-Claude Van Damme did a movie with Dennis Rodman? And we're like, yeah, it's called Double Team. And we're like, yeah, we should do it. And we're like, yeah, maybe we will do it. So we kind of, it was kind of thrown out there, right? But we hadn't 100% committed. So fast forward to like a week or so later, and LPJ messages about a movie that I didn't want to do at all he like threw this movie out there. And I was like, I don't want to do this movie at all. So I was like, I thought we were doing double team. <laughs> and, and LBJ's like, oh yeah, we are doing double team. And Sphinx is like, I'm on board with it. So, and that, that's, then we did it. <laughs> we, we are all to blame for the 90 minutes. We, we had to watch this movie. We are all to blame. Yeah. Everybody- and, then, oh, and then Sphinx messages me. He's like, yeah, AJ wants to be on the show. I was like, right, what, what movie does he want to do it? Like in a couple weeks, like what movie did he think? He's like, no, he wants to be on this week. He's cool with doing double team. I'm like, are you sure? Like, <laughs> Does he know we're doing double team? So AJ, you are just the crazy man we need for this episode.
0: It's, it's for the worm, right? It's for Rodzilla. It He's is such a fascinating person to me.
1: <laughs> I agree. I am fascinated. I watched his 30 for 30 and it was actually really good. I really liked it a lot.
0: Dude, the the 30 for 30
1: hit super hard. It did. Yeah. I haven't seen it. I've wanted to. I saw The Last Dance, which he's in a lot. Yeah. But I I haven't seen the the special 30 for 30 with him. It's real good. It's real solid. Here's something I want to throw off right from the top. We're talking about Dennis Rodman. He's in this movie. Um, In this movie, he has an arms dealer named Yaz. An arms dealer, right? Yeah. It's so obvious that they're just like, well, what if we just made a bunch of basketball references and done? He's oh not a basketball player in the movie. So it's like, why are you making <laughs> basketball jokes with them? Like, it's insane. And I feel like they're like, the way this movie's structured is like, he's in a scene and then you get a lot more of the movie before he shows up again. And I'm like, is he in this movie anymore? <laughs> <laughs> and then, like, the back half of the movie, because you know me, guys, I always split the movie up when I watch it. So I watched the first half, and I'm like, Robin's not even in this. And then I watched the second half, and I'm like, oh, okay. He's in <laughs> the I'm going to have to bet that on the cutting room floor, which I actually don't know if there was a cutting room floor, but I'm going to bet that a lot of his shit was probably cut out. Or he had incapacitated himself in Europe for so long that none of his scenes were even he either never showed up or he just couldn't do them who knows (laughs) well aj do you have a previous history of this movie at all because it sounds like for the rest of us this is our first time right you two at least had heard of it i never heard of it but
0: yeah i think as much as like the other guy that was like a casual i mean maybe i was more of than like just a casual NBA fan, but like, you're about like our age, you watched the NBA growing up, you knew about Jordan and you knew about the bulls, you know? But, um, I feel like the thing for me and Rodman, and hopefully I can like get to like the relationship with the film eventually is like when I was a kid, I feel like the media was kind of painting him as like, kind of like a freak and like an outcast. Oh, yeah. And now like, as like kind of, I shouldn't say kind of like as an adult, following the NBA now like how many guys do I see in the league now that aren't covered in tats like tats of the norms and like a, androgynous fashion and like wild hairstyles it's celebrated now like there's like fire emojis on Instagram and like it's about like the drip and it's like the cool thing so I feel like um, in like the last dance recently comes around you know so I feel like it brings those feelings back and those memories back and then like realizing like Rodman like you were like a pioneer um, and then like being super short, like not even really having like a high school career, and then like having like a, a foot, like a 12th drill spurt, going to a small school. And then what? He's like a five time NBA champ. He's a Hall of Famer, maybe the best offender. He's in the conversation for best defender ever, in the conversation for best rebounder ever. And he's like six, seven, you know? Um, so yeah, I think recently my appreciation for Rodman has like, spiked and kind of increased you know and like lpj talked about that 30 for 30 was like really heavy so when you messaged me about what the options and i was like dude like he's a super interesting character to me and maybe i shouldn't say character like he's a person super interesting person to me why haven't i seen his movies yet you know (laughs) so um it was exciting for me to like have a reason to set the time aside to be like Dennis, like what was going on with the acting career, you know? So I feel like that's kind of a long window way to get there. But like you guys gave me an opportunity to further experience like Robin's career. And I appreciate you guys for that. That is a, a
1: brilliant answer. Uh, <laughs> I, 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 wanted I, to see this like, movie. I just wanted to see this movie because I hadn't seen it and I've seen like all of John Claude Van Damme's movies. So, well, that was the thing is, as I knew that, when, when I saw it on the screen after Showdown Little Tokyo, I'm like, I'm not going to have an issue convincing LPJ because it's JCVD. In fact, I thought there was even a chance he had seen it. Hovercraft Joe was the one I was like, I don't know if I'm going to be able to convince his ass to, to watch this one. But then you surprisingly were also like, yeah, let's do it. Well, like I said, it also helped that like, when LBJ threw out another movie that I didn't want to do at all, I was like, well, well let's do that one instead because at least I knew this one would be short. Like that was in my mind. I was like, I was like, the other one he wanted to do. I feel like it's going to be a bummer and it's long. So at least this will be short. That's kind of the one point. So yeah. I don't even remember but what the movie was that what we were talking about now. It was Snowpiercer. Oh, that's right. You're right. It is long and it is kind of a bummer. But um, you're right. Yeah. Good movie But, but AJ, you, you make a good point about Rodman. He's very, very much misunderstood. And, and, you know, he's been more in the news lately too. Like he was going off the North Korea and, and all sorts of other bizarre things. He's, he is a unique personality without a doubt. And definitely one that's interesting. Was this movie brought up at all in the 30 for 30? Do you guys remember? Or, or any awesome. of his career? Has he, has he done other movies? I actually don't even know. <laughs> he, 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 yeah, he has. Simon Says? Yeah, Simon Says. He has a movie that he was the star of. It's like him oh. and Dane Cook. And it came out in like 1999. And it's called Simon Says. And I definitely want to do it. <laughs> <Yes>. Yeah. <laughs> what,
0: what, what about the minis? What
1: about the minis? Oh, yeah, I saw that. There's a movie where he plays with like a team of like dwarves, like
0: basketball. Oh, my like, yeah.
1: yeah, I saw that on his internet movie. <laughs> Oh boy. So, like,
0: so like has he been in other stuff like yeah he's been in other stuff <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. <laughs> he also he had a short wrestling career
0: right i do remember that he was in the nwo wasn't it yep. FWO, yeah him,
1: him and hogan fought uh, diamond dallas page and uh, the mailman
0: From the <laughs> mailman <on>, carmone are you <laughs> a bad person
1: let me let me just say this real quick. Um, LBJ and I worked at uh, McDonald's <laughs> when we were in high school. Okay, <laughs> this is going somewhere. So we worked at McDonald's when we were in high school together, and in the break room there was a TV with a VCR, and we had this one tape that had like three WCW tapes. Got it? And we would like. Anytime we were on lunch, we'd have this tape on and we were watching it. it would just, and, we well, would just put the tape in and let it run all day and then put on yeah. loop so it would rewind and start over just yeah. automatically. And uh-huh. one of the things that was on there was the bash of the beach where Rockman and Hogan fought diving down <laughs> yeah, It was that. It was like. It was like Starcade 97. Yeah it, was when, I it was when, yeah, it was when Sting like beat Hollywood Hogan. It was like a big deal. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I just thought of that memory. I was like, man, I've seen that match like a million times. Uh-huh. <laughs> I have to. I have to. Uh, that, yeah. That's something. Okay. Anyway, so. <laughs> the numbers. Yeah, go to the numbers. Yeah, let, me the, let me go through the numbers. So the, the release date on this is April 4th, 1997. Uh, its budget was $30 million, which seems <laughs> very, very, very high to me. <laughs> Insanely high. Um, so the number it, numbers are a little tricky. So domestic gross is $11 million. So um, it looked like it had a worldwide gross of like $48 million. So it made some money, but not like, you know. Here's the interesting stuff. Rotten Tomatoes. <laughs> I usually don't make you guys guess, but do you... What would you take a stab at the Rotten Tomatoes on this thing if you haven't looked it up? Uh, 30%. I think
0: it's like 15%. And are we doing, like, audience and, like, the tomato meter, like, separately?
1: Yes. This is just the tomato meter. This is just the critic score.
0: Do the critics? I'm going to go real low. I'll I'll say... I'll I'll say 10. I'll say 10 for...
1: Very close, eleven the- <laughs> percent. Uh, and then, not much better. The audience score is twenty five percent. I'll be damned! more crap. I Three out of ten people like this <laughs> movie. I don't know. I thought maybe is he Rodman? Come on, Mickey. Okay. Paul Freeman's in this movie. Come on. Uh, and the the top grossing movies of nineteen ninety seven, uh, a year we've actually been into a lot. Um, Top three are Titanic, Men in Black, and The Lost World, Jurassic Park. Uh, This movie, Double Team, came in 113th on the year. Um, And other movies that we have covered on this podcast are number five, Air Force One, number 11, Face Off, number 15, Con Air, number 34, Sphinx's favorite, Spawn. Oh my God, this is the worst year in movies. and number 35 starship troopers. Oh my god. This is literally the worst year of action movies ever. None of those movies are good. I enjoy Air, Force one. One, Air Force <laughs> 1. <good. laughs> Air Force 1 was was good in how crazy batshit crazy it was, you know? Like I wouldn't say it was a good movie from an <laughs> uh, objective
0: viewpoint, but <laughs> Can I ask yeah, a question? So, yeah. Yeah. And it's like Can it be about, like, action movies, like, as a genre? Yeah. Like, do you feel like, as fans of the genre of action films, like, you can still appreciate something if it's, like, a little bit more lowbrow or, like, schlocky? So, let's say, like, horror fans, for example. Like, I feel like a lot of people that are into, like, horror film kind of embrace, like, the lower budget and more obscure and more zany and, like, absurd stuff, you know? I feel like within the fan base, like, it's kind of, like, embraced, So like with something like double team within like the action film genre, like the action film, like fan base, like, do you think like people like embrace it if they're really into action films or even like for you guys, is this still like, it's pretty absurd and like too out there. Does that question make sense? Yes. I think you're talking to on this show. Right. So (laughs) this
1: movie, I don't know that this movie is, is in the so bad it's good category, but a film like there's some Chuck Norris movies that are so bad, they are super entertaining to watch, like Invasion USA. That movie is terrible. It is objectively bad. However, it's so batshit crazy that it's an, entertainable, an entertaining watch. G- guys drive through a town and blow up a neighborhood with so many bazookas <laughs> in that film. It is insane, but it's great. Well, yeah, and I, and I think to add on to that, what we found from doing the podcast is that sometimes the movies that are the worst movies are the most fun to talk about and kind of get into. Where sometimes we cover movies that are objectively great movies, but they don't necessarily make for great conversation because it's like, ah, oh, yeah, this is a good movie. Like, we know it's a good movie, you know. So I, I, it, I think there is a fine line between, like, a movie maybe not being a good movie it's still being good to talk about. As opposed to being like a great movie, but not a lot of fun to talk about. You know, and this is one of those rare movies where it's going to be fun to talk about, but it's really not a very good movie. <laughs> oh, it's, it's it's really not a very good movie. You're gonna you, like—is your love for Jean Claude Van Damme like making you hold on to the like? well, not everything. Not about for this, this one. Movie. This is the movie that made me stop watching Jean Claude Van Damme movies. When I saw this come out, I'm like, no, I'm I'm out. So, so seriously, this was, yeah, this was. <laughs> this, Is this before or after the one with him and Rob Schneider? This is before. Uh, That's Knockoff. Knockoff was right after this one by the same director, I believe, too. Oh, wow. Wow.
0: Uh, (laughs) What year was Replicant?
1: Oh, Replicant was actually pretty good. Okay. Replicant was good. That one, that was a straight to DVD, the one, though. Really? Yeah.
0: Yeah. Replicant. Interesting.
1: And I'll say to your question, too, AJ, I still struggle with it. Like, I get it that some of these movies that we do. We're never going to be blockbusters. We're never going to be objectively Oscar winners. And so sometimes, like this movie, it's so silly and crazy that I can laugh it off. But then some of them, I can't get past it. And it just angers me and frustrates me and pisses me off. So I still struggle with it. These two, they act a little bit calmer about it, but I, I don't. You never know with Sphinx, though. He's a wild card. Sometimes he's going to hate a movie that, like, everyone loves, like The Born Identity. And maybe he'll just hate it and you won't know why, but he's he's a wild card. Yeah. All right. So, um, I do have some taglines if you want to do those real quick. Yes, do it. (laughs) Uh, he's a one man arsenal with enough voltage to rock the free world. What? I have. No idea what movie that is, but it's not the one we saw. <laughs> okay. Right? Yeah. yeah. I, yeah. What? I like that one. Yeah. The one on the poster, uh, at least in the U.S., they don't play by the rules. A oh, basketball reference, of course. Very Dennis Rodman-like, right? Yep. I like that one. <laughs> yeah. uh, I, I like that one, too. <laughs> um, you're either on their side or in their way. Okay. <laughs> That's a tip. <tech>, okay. <laughs> and, and then last, America's top counter-terrorist usually works alone. This time, he's got company. Wait, 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 wait. wait. Time out. So in this movie, Jean-Claude Van Damme is an American counter-terrorist? <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't pick that up. At all, like I did not even think they tried to make it seem. Like I, it. I don't know. Is is JCVD here today? Can he can he bring it up to us? Is uh, JCVD? Are you American in this movie or not? What do you mean? Uh, am I American? Uh but I sound American? You've seen me. Look at me. I was uh, I was a Boston police officer or a fireman one time. I was. Uh, you know, uh, yeah. you were the Pittsburgh Penguin mascot at one point too. Yeah, same, same, same thing. Yeah, no, I'm totally American. You know, it's me. It's Jesse V D. <laughs> how, how is it like? This is just like a question I'm asking myself, and I'll just ask it to you guys. All the, all the famous action stars in the world, all the movies I made. How is it that Jean Claude Van Damme is the one that we definitely covered the most? <laughs> His movies, the most of his filmography is Jean Claude Van Damme that we've covered out of all the big iconic action stars. I mean, it's because, it's because the assholes in the room right now it's yeah. LPJ. <laughs> you, do, you do know who created this podcast, <laughs> that's true. Well, the funny thing is, is that I've been wanting to do Cyborg for a while, and not and LPJ's like, Well, that's not a good movie, it's not, it's, it's, <laughs> he, it's not a good movie, and it's not even so bad it's good, it's just bad, and also the digital transfer of it is terrible. So like trying to watch the movie, trying to watch the movie is difficult to do because it's, it's actually physically difficult to watch the movie. All right. Okay. Fair enough. So we were talking about the director a quick moment ago, but I guess, do we have any net worths, uh, Hovercraft Joe or no? Uh, yeah, I, I have a couple net worths. Uh, just, I just have three of them. So let's roll through them. Uh, let's go first. Is everyone in this movie dead? <laughs> No, no, he just I mean, the oh. Three stars. The three people that I know the names of in this movie, I did. Right. Uh Mickey Mickey Rourke, what do you think from Mickey Rourke? What's his uh net worth? Oh, How God. much is he worth? Currently. Ten. I don't, ten million. Ten million? Uh, Sphinx? I'll say like five million. AJ, what do you think? I,
0: I'm not a net worth guy. Um I feel like I'm closer to the f- Five spot. I'll go, it's tough, man. Like, Mickey, you were doing, like, the boxing thing, but, like, it was, like, a work thing. I'm <laughs> like, Mickey, I'm not going to act like I'm, like, on board with you like that. So if you were doing stuff that I didn't know about it, I wouldn't be surprised, but I don't remember recent stuff. So, like, I'll go lower. I'll say three. I'm, Mickey, I'm sorry if I'm too low on you. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Ten million for Mickey. Right? Okay. Okay. Ooh, Good for you, By, the, by the way, yep. guys, I got to say... Whatever you want to say in this movie, uh, Mickey Rourke, very cut up in this movie. Oh, dude. you he know was, what? Mickey Rourke looks great in this movie. Yeah. yeah and he I looked like, cool.
0: full. was a little bit dry too. Yeah. Yeah, I was, I was <laughs> you're, you're impressed. You're right. You're right. I uh, yeah, was nah. impressed.
1: Okay. He, he might be what? the best part of this movie, in my opinion, to be dude. honest. You know what? If there he is was, a best part He was say. really good in this. I got nothing Stop. bad to say about Mickey Rourke in this. Go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, Dennis Rodman, The Worm. What do you guys think for Dennis Rodman? That's tricky. He just got divorced again, so.
0: <laughs> yeah, well, like in that thirty for thirty, we saw too, like how much of like he wasn't saving, you know? Oh no! And he had like the issue with like the entourage thing, where like people would just like hang out with him to party with him and like get all the tabs covered. So like I feel, I feel like I want to go low on Dennis too, as much as I want to root for the guy.
1: Okay, I, I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say maybe three hundred thousand. Oh come okay? on. I'm gonna go All I'm gonna right. go fifteen. Fifteen million. Okay. What do you
0: think, uh, It's it's tough, man. Like there, there's that part of me that wants to root for him and go high, but there's that part of me that like wants to be like a realist, you know, and is like growing up and seeing how the world really is. You know what the best <laughs> um, thing about this podcast
1: is, AJ? He's not gonna listen to it, so you're good.
0: <laughs> okay, cool, we yeah. don't
1: know that. Wesley Snipes liked our post back in the day. <laughs> as did that, one, one that as in that Power Ranger. Yeah, well he's not gonna like it when I told him that you told us you weren't a fan of the blade films. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, sorry, AJ. Delastround net worth.
0: Oh man. I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna go the Optimus and I'll say I'm gonna go Optimus and I'll say ten.
1: Actually, uh Sphinx is close as five
0: hundred
1: thousand. Oh that's that yeah, that's sucks.
0: rough for yeah, sure. Poor okay.
1: So finally we've done this a lot of times, but I'm sure <laughs> no one remembers exactly uh, Jean Claude Van Damme, JCVD. What is his net worth? Who wants to go first? Ten. Okay. I
0: I really don't know. Seven,
1: net, 30, seven, 7 Uh, you're the closest, LBJ. It's forty million for uh, JCVD. Keep so. going, going, going up, JCVD. It's not like Absolutely. it's not like any of his movies are hits, but he works hard. And obviously he knows how to take care of his money. So good for him. Yep.
0: Definitely. <laughs>
1: uh, cast. We just talked about a chunk of the cast. Uh, LBJ. LBJ, did you have anyone? You usually pick out the people that none of the rest of us recognize. So anyone else you want to mention in this? Uh, we have Paul Freeman, a.k.a. um uh Is he Dr. Dr. He's Dyllock. Yeah,
0: Dyllock. Yeah, I caught that. That's Do you it? guys not know who Belloc is? I know who Belloc is. I didn't oh. recognize
1: him in this movie. Oh yeah, yeah. I, he's I, uh, I, he's uh, he's the, he's the um, guy in charge of the weird colony. Yeah. Oh, the colony. Okay. All right. So he was the guy that was like tracking him down? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, other than that, I have no idea who any of these other people are. <laughs> Which, by the way, like I don't I don't want to fast forward and I won't, but like I have like 18 questions for you guys about the last scene in this movie. <laughs> I need oh, to 18. You. I need someone to explain it to me. Anyways, uh, anyone else LBJ? No, that's it. That is literally it. (laughs) Okay. I do have, um, did you guys catch that this movie won three Golden Raspberries? I saw that, yeah. Yeah. And they all went to Dennis Rodman. So he won Worst Supporting Actor, Worst New Star, and Worst Screen Couple with JCVD. (laughs) That's a that's a rough start in the film acting career right there. I big Simon says, so what do we know? Um, <laughs> yeah. I will say this was a sharp contrast because we watched Showdown in Little Tokyo, and if you guys remember, I was like, man, I was like, Brandon Lee and Dolph Lundgren, I really like their chemistry in that movie. This is like the exact opposite. I'm like, they they are not meshing, and their chemistry is terrible in this movie. I really wish we could have found out how those two worked together because i feel like it probably didn't go well right like i just don't see it happening do you know lpj does john clon van damme does he speak like like i would hope so at this point like he can speak english really well right like he doesn't struggle or anything like that what, what like he's got hit in the head too many times well maybe no I, I just mean like <laughs> like he had know, a stroke like, what do you mean no like you know he's he's Belgium so I, I don't know like does you he you hear him speak all the time in the movies we cover yeah but I don't know to what degree he like how well he knows the English language from the movies he does <laughs> yeah he speaks just fine speaks. okay I don't know so I, I, I don't know. I just feel like these two personalities are so different. I, I don't know. I don't know. See, this is weird because like this is the tail end of the 90s where Jean-Claude Van Damme had really fallen off the wagon. Uh, and I feel like he did a lot of
0: blow in this movie.
1: Well, this movie. that's the thing. This is, like the end of his, this is like the end of things where he was really kind of like hitting rock bottom. And this is where Rodman was kind of almost to his echelon of hitting rock bottom. So they were both in in a bad way, the two of them. So I maybe they partied together a lot. I don't know, but yeah. uh, with a debut director. So our director well, is debut Slay, here in the U.S. Yeah, here in the U.S. I guess. But do you think he was really dealing with personalities like this in the past? Probably not. I don't, right? I don't know that he speaks English very well which maybe that's the language barrier <laughs> that we have for this film. Yeah. Uh, Sway Hark is his name, right? He is a Hong Kong film director. Yeah, uh, he's got time. quite a path. He's yeah. the one. Who, he did, like, all of Jet Li's films in, in, uh, in China. So all, all, of, all of Jet Li's best Chinese films, he was the director for them. Yeah. Which, which I have to say, there's not a lot of Hong Kong-esque scenes in this movie. Because right? neither of them could pull
0: it off. <laughs> right.
1: So, I the, mean, I don't know. How- the only one who could pull it off probably at that point was Mickey Rourke.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. Could be. All right. I, I don't have anything else. Uh, unless, we, you know, if we want to get right into this plot here. Is there anything else we want to bring up before we start digging into it? Yeah. The, only to, well, the only thing I wanted to mention is that I saw that uh, our boy uh, Sam Hung uh said that they brought him in to do some of the uh like as a special uh choreographer for some of the action scenes so yep. um I always like to mention samuel hung when he gets uh yeah Which, named mentioned him a lot lately yeah, it's true yeah it is so that but really i didn't I didn't have a ton of uh extra stuff on this one so <laughs> yeah. and I, I, so I guess to start we'll, we'll get into the plot, but sort of the basis of this film when it was when it was originally scripted and written. The basis of this film really was about the colony. Like it was about what happens to spies and, you know, uh uh international like um agents. Like mercenaries, like, like, I guess. Like too. when they retire, like what happens to them? Because they are too valuable to kill, but you can't leave them running around because they have all these secrets. So it was about it was about the colony. That's what the entire film was about. Um and then they just sort of like took that concept and flushed it out to make it what you see here. Um, But I think the whole concept of the colony is, is pretty interesting. I think for uh, uh, us, us being spy film lovers. um, I think that's kind of an interesting concept where you, I would want to see something like that focused on that concept. Yeah, I wouldn't disagree. I, I feel like they may have even been able to pull it off. If Dennis Rodman wasn't in the picture, like, I feel like they had to cater to him in the film, and that's what took it completely in a different direction
0: and how it plays off.
1: Yeah, well, I, I mean, I, I think this reeks of a movie that was like the colony was the main idea and they wrote the movie and then they're like well we gotta do something else for this it reeks of like two different plots smashed together because you really have the full colony stories kind of jammed in the middle of this movie and then it's like a separate movie from the first act and the last act and the middle is the stuff of the colony so it definitely like I said reeks of a movie where it's like well we took the bones of this colony movie and then we attached this Dennis Rodman Mickey Rourke plot to the beginning and the end of it Yeah. And I feel like that second plot was probably made up as they were going along. It kind of (laughs) seems like because it it really like, I I don't know, like none of it really makes sense. (laughs) But but to get into this movie. Yeah. I mean, we got JCVD on some sort of mission. Uh, There's a crazy chase with him in this truck where he literally plows through a train <laughs> uh, I, I would say I've never seen a movie where a truck plows through a train and continues on his way. That was kind of cool. Well, so I was confused too because, like, I felt like what they told us was that like he's got to get this truck because it has like the, the the plutonium or whatever it is in it. But then he, I feel like he kept losing parts of the trailer. Like, <laughs> yeah, I'm like aren't you aren't you losing the plutonium because he kept like it had a big long like trailer and he kept losing parts of it. I'm like.
0: Hey, I don't
1: know. As, I mean, as long as it doesn't fall into evil's hands, he's okay with it. So if there's random parts of the plutonium throughout the countryside, that's okay. Okay, got <laughs> it. And so then we kind of get uh, him moved in. He's in the south well, of France. Well, we we jump three years ahead of time. There's a yes. three-year time jump. Right? Yeah, yeah. And, and, and he's in southern France. Uh, we see he's married. He's got a wife who's pregnant. There's just a really weird, awkward scene in the in the pool, I guess. I don't know. He, like, throws her in there, and they start making out, and he's, like, about to do her. He gets his hand awfully close to things. But anyway, uh, the idea that we find out is that he's retired. I don't know. I don't know why I added that. But it's true, though. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> so you focus on the weirdest things in these movies sometimes. It was weird. She was like fully dressed and he throws her in the pool and then he's moving his hands up on what? her. You are a like, true wild card. Alright, let's move uh, on. You know. So, he, and all of a sudden these people show up to his house, the people that sent him on the that previous mission, because on this, the, the truck chase from the beginning it was with this guy called Stavros and that's Mickey Rourke. And so apparently Stavros is back. Uh, but Whoever he's working for, which isn't the U.S. I think it's the U.S. military, I guess. I can't remember. Who, Stavros? No, who JCVD is working for. Oh, I don't know. Sure, U.S. military. <laughs> or in <laughs> An- or- An- An- a poll or something. I don't really oh, know. Well, they, do, they do say that that guy that comes to see him is like a deputy director in the CIA. Okay, yeah, so, so there we go. They're supposed to believe that he's working for the Americans. Yeah, so they want JCVD um, to, to, to bring Stavros in alive. Okay. And they find out that he's in Belgium, in Antwerp. Okay. So then we get this scene at an amusement park. Well, hold on. Or did I jump ahead? Is there something jumping ahead? Because the first scene in Antwerp is when he meets Dennis Rodman's character who's the arms dealer. But what I find interesting about it is like the way they introduced Dennis Rodman's character, it's like we were supposed to know that Jean Claude Van Damme was like going to meet him. But he's just there, and he's like, oh, I'm looking for yes. we have, like, no knowledge as to why he's looking for yes. And also, here's another question for you guys. If he's working with the military, right, this is a military operation, why does he need to go to an arms dealer to get weapons? Right. Didn't he have something in his house? Didn't the CIA guy hook him up with something? He showed up for Belgium with nothing. Because that's where he goes and sees Dennis Rodman, Dennis Rodman, I think, gives him, like, a a sniper rifle that shoots tranquilizer darts or something. Like, I think that's the thing. And And that's where we get our first references to the bad boys and playing defense and all that. (laughs) Oh, yeah, because they have that argument about, like, the best offense and the good defense or whatever. Uh, Yeah. Um, But, yes, so that scene happens. Then he goes and meets with the military. uh, And then they go to the amusement park because that's apparently where Stavros is going to be. Uh, I don't, and then we find out he's there to meet, like, his son that he has. And then, like, Jean-Claude Van Damme, they're supposed to take Stavros out. They're not supposed to kill him, though. They're supposed to take him out. But he hesitates to shoot him with a tranquilizer dart because his son's there. And then, like, shit hits the fan. And yeah, everything if goes. Tra- if it's a tranquilizer dart, why is he afraid to shoot him? I think we're just supposed it I mean, like, maybe I'm giving this movie too much credit – but I think we're supposed to be like, well, he's like, he sees the sun. And he's thinking about how he's going to be a dad soon. And he has like a moment of hesitation because he just doesn't know. But like. but, then, but then things escalate quite dramatically because for some reason, they then just give up on trying to keep him alive because then everyone's shooting live rounds at each other. Well, yeah, that's true, too. <laughs> also, guys, guys, let me ask you something and I'm just making this connection now, is that tiger in the end of the movie because there's a tiger in this scene? Like, is that why there's a tiger randomly in the end of this movie? Because huh. there's a tiger at the amusement park? I that don't know. Maybe a, Mickey Rourke I, saw the tiger and is like, I, think I so. to have they get, Maybe he's a, you a lot of. They give you a lot of shots of the tiger at the amusement park, because I remember being like, why is there a tiger in the cage at this amusement park? And I think maybe that's now thinking that's why the tiger shows up at the end. I I have an idea in my head that when Dennis Rodman signed in to do the movie, he's like, I'll do the movie if there's a tiger in it. (laughs)
0: Like,
1: I feel like that's something Dennis Rodman might have said, right? Like, I wanted in my contract that we're going to do this movie, we're fighting the tiger, okay? I mean... also, during this scene, uh, Jean-Claude Van Damme trips out some Coke cans. There is yeah, so much does. Coca-Cola what product What is going placement. on with those Coke cans? It's all Coca-Cola product <laughs> oh. placement. They probably paid for half the budget. I, I did like it, it, but he fell over empty Coke cans. Yeah. I, <laughs> well, I, I like the idea that like Jean-Claude Van Damme is probably like, listen, I'll trip on the Coke cans, but I'm still going to execute like a flawless face kick. Like, <laughs> like <laughs> yeah. he trips, but he still like knocks out two guys. So, you yeah. know, and, and then uh, again, this is something I, I always have issue with in movies. The kid fucking dies. The kid mm-hmm. gets shot. Right in front of Mickey Rourke. And does it yeah. do they ever, they ever like allude to who actually shot him? I don't think so. I think it was just accidental fire, right? By okay. any yeah. of the CIA people. Because where did, where did all of Mickey, like Mickey Rourke all of a sudden had a lot of men there. <laughs> like there were four people that got out of that car and then there's like 40 guys there with guns.
0: <laughs> All strapped up, to All the gills. like
1: <laughs> oh, yeah. like Uzis and stuff too. It's just like <laughs> like they were ready for war. Yeah, it go. It go I mean, the shit hits the fan quick at the amusement park. Um yeah. and then it can. But but the shit continues to hit the fan. It's like diarrhea going into the fan because then he chases Mickey Rourke into a fucking nursery with well, babies. <laughs> And it's the a hospital, but it's the wing of the hospital where there's newborn babies. Why? Is like, the hospital- I, I'm just thinking in my head, like, oh, my God, what is this movie going to do to us <laughs> as why why we're trying hospital- to see all these babies? Why is the hospital so empty in this movie? <laughs> yeah, why, why is there no one in the
0: hospital? Like, all the lights
1: are off, and there's, like, five people working there, but yet there's a nursery
0: full of babies. Okay. Uh, it makes me think of, like... Is it it like hard-boiled when it's like John Woo and like the heroic bloodshed thing and you got the hospital thing and John Woo doing the stuff like with the churches? I don't know why, but I'm like – I'm more like casual like action movie like consumer, you know? So like for me, the little dots that I could connect, that's one thing that I made me think of. It had that same feel.
1: It had that same feel. You're right. And the slow-mo, all we needed were doves, and it would have been totally John Woo. It had that same feeling. You're absolutely right about that. (laughs) I will say, even though it doesn't have doves – so much glass breaks in this <laughs> movie. I was yeah. going to say the window breaking budget on this movie is insane. Because, like, it's like at a certain point it's almost comical how many, like, windows they're getting thrown through. Or, or And then it comes back, like, later in the movie. There's a scene uh-huh. later on in the hotel room where they break a bunch more windows. Yeah, and so Mickey Rourke is able to escape because he puts a fucking live grenade inside a cradle that a baby is in. Mm-hmm. And luckily, JCVD grabs it in time and hurls the grenade around. Mickey Rourke was about to kill a bunch of babies. Well, he's a bad guy. He was also in a bad place. His son just got killed. He was in a bad space. Yeah. space Are yeah. you justifying Mickey Rourke's murdering of babies of a craft Is that what I'm hearing here? He didn't. He didn't kill any babies. They all survived. <laughs> um so uh so he gets caught in the the baby explosion um and they ship him off to the colony tell he's dead and this is where like to me wait, like why? The, movie, the movie took a real swerve because i'm like wait what's going on <laughs> like, like and i, I should have known like if you read the description on amazon for this movie it's like A former agent goes, you know, like it talks about it, but I guess I just was like, okay, whatever. But then this really threw me for a swerve when he ends up at the colony, which is like we kind of talked about a little bit, but basically it's all these ex-agents and they kind of use it as an anti-terrorism think tank where they present them with all these scenarios or situations and they use their brains to kind of figure out like – the best way to solve these problems. But I love his introduction to the colony when he's in like the hospital bed, like all, you know, all bandaged up and he's given a warning that if he doesn't press his thumb to the thing, he's going to be killed by nerve gas. Like immediately. It's like, all right, I guess you don't have a whole lot of time to decide whether or not you want to live or die. Once you woke up. Well, and and that's, what's weird about the colony. Like who decides who goes there? Because it seems like everybody there are all former enemies of each other. If they're all former enemies of each other, why would they all collectively be working together to stop terrorism? Yeah, yeah. The guy that was swimming in the pool punches JCVD right in the fucking face.
0: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
1: like, but- I mean, You're right. Like, like, what convinces them to all work together? Because I'm going to assume that some of those mercenaries were not on, like, these guys are not on the same team in their past. No, I'm so sure. Why are they all deciding to work together now? No, no answer.
0: <laughs> yeah, you know, like, to self disclose, like, I was confused because it's, like, <laughs> like, how people saying. It's like, it doesn't seem like he's in a good place, you know? So I was like, are these like friendlies or like enemies and like with the nerve gas and the fingerprint thing. And then the guy with the pool. So I had to go to Wikipedia to like get <laughs> caught up on the plot. And then it just like, it's always impressive to me. Like, you know, there's someone out there that's getting that, <laughs> that, plot, that synopsis on Wikipedia for you, you know, which I appreciate about Wikipedia. But, uh, but yeah, I was confused for sure. Oh, I, 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 get caught up online.
1: And I And I agree with you too. Cause I feel like, like it, it makes it seem like, Oh, the people in the colony are bad. But then later on in the movie, they help them out, and they're, like, good. So it's it's very confusing as to what we're supposed to think of the colony and the people there. Like, I, I agree with you 100% on that. And this little – and this big room that they're all in, it reminds me of, like, an evil lair from a James Bond movie, but, like, a badly made evil lair from, like, the 1960s James Bond movie. And we're talking – this is 1997. Like, it's so – goofy looking and they've got this cgi globe that has really small like tv images it's like for how big the fucking globe is why isn't this a big screen um but whatever and also okay i'm just gonna okay so i'm gonna try and explain this the best i can stavros Stavros ends up Kidnapping Jean Claude Van Damme's wife in a super complicated way because she's like a sculptor and he's like, uh, they <laughs> trick her into going to Rome because they're like, we want to display your sculptures. And it seems like it's like, couldn't you have just kidnap her? But anyway, <laughs> here's my question for you. So he lets Jean Claude Van Damme know that he's kidnapped his wife in the most complicated way ever he must okay so first of all we have to assume that he knows for some reason he knows about the colony and he knows that jean claude van damme's there because they're watching like footage of some like terrorist attack and like he sees <laughs> on the wall he zooms in on the wall and it's like i have your butterfly or whatever because because his wife has like a butterfly tattoo on her shoulder but like how does, how does he know that Jean-Claude Van Damme's at the colony? Like, shouldn't he think that Jean-Claude Van Damme's dead? Like, everyone else? Yeah. yeah. How how does Mickey Wark know that Jean-Claude Van Damme is alive, that he's at the colony, and that at that exact moment, JCVD is watching the footage and saying, here's the butterfly, come after him? <laughs> it just seemed overly complicated to me that, like, I you know it is what it is. Listen, I mean this movie. I mean it's probably the least of the plot holes we can pick out for it. So I'm not gonna I'm not gonna dwell on it. But I also want to bring up uh, how if you try to escape the colony, all <laughs> the lasers in the water that are there's obviously way too many that are necessary, and apparently the lasers don't move. They're just all set in one spot. So you got to go like Mission Impossible to swerve around the lasers, but I just love how they show it, and it's like the whole fucking ocean is covered in lasers. Well, also they set up the complicated thing too, where they're like, well, no one's ever escaped. They're like, but if someone were to escape, everyone's got like a watchkeeper or whatever assigned to, to them. So if someone does escape, then this person has to go after you and capture you. And it's like, why do you have this system in place if no one's ever gotten off the island? Because right. back the point. I just wow. make a big point of letting you know that. So, um, so then we get this weird JCVD montage. Yeah, where, where he's, he's like MacGyvering all of these contraptions to get him fit again. Hold on, he he's walk. MacGyvering. At the same time he can't walk. Hold on, but hold he's on, He's MacGyvering Coke cans. <laughs> <laughs> it's very I important. He also, he's got that bucket with, I don't know what the fuck's in the bucket, but. Most people, like, it's funny, too, because most people, it's like, hey, don't skip leg day. Shotgun Van dance like, that is all I do is leg day. <laughs> Besides, like, holding his breath, it's like 95% leg exercises that he's doing when he's working. Right, and as soon as he's done with the exercises, he's back to using his cane. It's like, the fuck? Like, what's going on here? I think he's trying to keep himself- up the illusion. Okay. Yeah, I think he was he didn't want people to know he was it was also gross when he cut off his uh thumbprint. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Would that work? I feel like that's a big no, but are you, are you, asking, are you asking me if you think you could cut your thumbprint off, put it on an eraser, and have it slammed down on a uh, scanner to and read it like I don't know, I can't answer that question. Could you could you do it for us real quick? Yeah, give me a knife, I'll cut off my thumbprint. Uh, <laughs> So anyways, yeah, because what they don't really like it doesn't do a good job explaining is that he was planning this whole time. He formulated a plan to escape the island, but they don't really uh, I don't know. I mean, whatever. So he does. uh, He escapes the island because like every so often they drop supplies off on a plane. But then the plane picks stuff up. I'm not clear what it's picking up, but it picks stuff up. And so he gets in the water uh, and the one guy, the guy in the pool that he kicks comes <laughs> after him. He's in the water with scuba gear for some reason. Did, like, did, did we already establish the fact that there's fucking lasers everywhere, but uh, there he is scuba. Diving. So they fight a little bit. He like hooks onto the, the, uh, the package that the plane picks up. So he gets up in the air, and They turn the lasers back on it. And that dude just blows up. Yeah. Water. Explodes. That's <laughs> I, You know what? Look, yes, I have a degree in physics, I don't think I need it for this one. Lasers don't work that way. (laughs) Can I also say, why they're already in the water. Why does the bad guy put a bag over his head to try to suffocate him? (laughs) (laughs) You're fucking in the water. You can't breathe in the water. So what would a bag over your head do to get you to die, right? Why, why did you just, you had, you had the edge, you were behind him and he didn't see you coming. Fucking stab him with a knife, move over and we're done here. Instead, he puts a bag over his head in the water. I'm like, what? Why? Well, he gets off in the airplane and then we get like a, kind of like a living daylights type scenario where he's hanging out the back of the plane, like on the cargo net. Totally. And even the fight in the water is like Thunderball. Like they're they're trying to throw these random James Bond moments in this film, but yeah, it's totally living daylights where he's hopping up and down on on top of the the package that we don't know what the hell's in it. So he gets back, he goes to see Dennis Rodman again, yes, and he's like, "Hey, I need weapons," and this is where they're like terrible chemistries on display because there's like going back and forth about like paying and how he's getting him access to this accounts and all this stuff. So. Maybe maybe you guys can walk this through me walk me through this for a second. So they get on an airplane and they, they're gonna jump off the airplane, right? <laughs> so they do, and it's like some kind of weird non-parachute. It's kind of like a ball. It's a basketball okay. parachute. But that's like they, they land on the ground and I maybe I miss this, but I swear Jean Claude damn, is like, hey, I'll meet you back at your shop. Implying that he could like walk back to his like base of operations, but it says, like why did they have to take the airplane to get to his house? Like, am I am I confused? I mean, I'm, I am confused. But did I my reading that long? Did he not tell him that he'd meet him back at his shop? I mean, I'll be honest with you, I didn't pay that much attention to the dialogue. <laughs> I didn't. Uh, <laughs> all right. Yeah, but, but if that is true we're talking south of France to Belgium that's that's a long fucking travel to I'll meet you back at your place but it's true. Well he goes to his house there's a fake baby bomb. <laughs> <laughs> they make baby. his baby was born or was gone and he goes and it's just like a bomb. Uh, uh, why? Uh, why is that there? But you know, Uh he jumps over a truck casually which which <laughs> this must this must also like, why Why does he go back to his house? Well, he doesn't... I think he thinks, think thinks his wife is there. So he thinks his wife is being held hostage at his own house, even though the footage when he was in that colony was clearly he was being taken... She, he took her somewhere else? I don't know. But listen, <laughs> I have no idea. I don't know either, but I will say that explosion in the pool is pretty fucking funny because how does one grenade cause an entire pool to lose all of its water and just shoot crazy it has flames the water has flames did you catch that the water catches fire can water catch fire uh, LPJ, you, you, you mentioned your, your physics already today. Uh, uh, technically no, but there could be accelerants. <laughs> there could be accelerants in the water. I don't know. Maybe they, maybe it's not filled with water. Maybe they filled it with gasoline. Who knows? Oh, all right. There we go. That's gotta be it. Problem solved. There it is. That's your $30 million budget right there. It's a lot of, a lot of gasoline. Gasoline in 97 wasn't all that cheap. Yeah. There there's we go. All, there's also the reveal at this point after all this goes down where like Stavros leaves a tape playing for him in a car and I like the fact that, like, that small, there's that small detail, too, where it's like your baby is due tomorrow, it's, or your son's due tomorrow. It's like, wow, that is crazy timing that he broke out of the colony and he just happened to get back a day before, and they're able to pinpoint exactly when his son's going to be born. Because, spoiler alert, guys, his son is born the next day. <laughs> I do like that Mickey Rourke was smart enough, though, to put the tape recording on loop. So just in case he didn't catch it the first
0: time. That's true. And this is, is when they played the baby's heartbeat, too. Yeah. yeah. So he's like, ah. I, I, I didn't like that. I wrote that in my notes. Like, I don't like the baby heartbeat thing. It's weird to me. It's no. sure. I guess like, I understand. Like, you want him to know that, like, it's alive and stuff, but like, it weirded me out, the heartbeat thing.
1: Oh, yeah. yeah. I forgot that was part of the thing where it's like, your baby's being born tomorrow. This is his heartbeat. And then he's like, don't take this car. There was a weird thing where it was like, don't take this car. It's unreliable. Like, like, what is it? That was game? so weird. Don't take the car. I feel like that, that joke, that part was built in just so we could get the joke of Dennis Rodman stealing that tiny car that he couldn't fit in. And he had to like sit with his head out of the... like. Yeah, that was totally so that Dennis Rodman could stick his head out of a moonroof of a Fiat. That's exactly <laughs> what that entire thing was about. They're like, how are we going to set this joke up? I'm like, I don't know. What if Mickey Rourke just tells them they can't take this car, so they have to steal one? And they're like, brilliant. Was it also at this point, because like LPJ, the dialogue I started to stop listening to, is this also when we kind of get told... That the plan for Wark is to kill the wife, but then he's going to raise the boy as his own son because his other son was killed? Or is that, hey, until, is that not until the end? They don't tell us that. I mean, that, that hey, is... Hey, spoilers. Like that. Spoilers, Fig. Spoilers. Don't ruin <laughs> it for our biased. audience. Sorry. Sorry. So, so JCVD, then, is under the impression that, that Wark might kill his wife and his son, then? I think so. Okay. I think so. Okay, so this next scene is kind of confusing. I'm going to try and explain it. So they go to Rome. Because <laughs> <laughs> they, te- they tell him to go to Rome because that's where he's holding his wife. Yeah. So they're like, we got to flush out Stavros. So Jean-Claude Van Damme sends a message that he knows is going to get intercepted by all the, like, intelligence agencies throughout the world where he's like, something about Stavros. So they get a next... Entire- oh, you-, you said it too fast. I want to slow that sound for everybody. The entire world he sends a message where he is. <laughs> right. So then, like the next scene, they're out in front of like the hotel. And it's, like, it's all spies. There's, like, CIA guys. There's, like, the Mossads there. And it's, like... It's like the Anchorman scene where all the different <laughs> Anchorman TV stations all show up, you know? Because yeah. there's a bunch of stereotypes as well to all these people that show up uh, in, the, in the plaza here in Rome. It's hilarious. Yeah. And also, like, this is the point where Dennis Rodman's, like, asking him things about the colony. I'm like, I thought the colony was a secret. Everybody knows <laughs> about the colony. And then, like, I don't remember what happens, but everyone starts shooting at one another, and there's, like, this guy on a horse with a machine gun who's, like, featured very prominently in the scene. And I didn't understand who he was, because he seems very regal. He's got, like, a very official uniform on, but then he's got, like, a machine gun, and he kills a lot of innocent bystanders. A lot of people die. And, and I'll say, too, like, JCVD is in disguise, but then gunman. <laughs> Australian- Dennis Rodman's disguise is just that he changed his hair up. But if Dennis Rodman knows about the colony, don't you think these other people that now swarmed in on this location also know who Yaz is and would then realize that something's up? Because, I mean, Dennis Rodman's going to stick out like a sore thumb in Belgium. Hey, he's got a disguise. He's wearing an ill-fitting suit for, like, the rest of the movie. Yeah. I can't decide if it's too big or too small, but it doesn't fit right. And he's got that big, like... Detective, like hard boiled detective hat that he's wearing. Too. It's no. It's, the answer is it was the late '90s. That's what that suit was tailored to. <laughs> there's so many very odd choices in this movie. Okay, so there's a sniper, and they follow the sniper to the hotel, and then the sniper's got like a desperado like machine gun case. <laughs> he's like, <laughs> and then this. Okay, this whole movie is weird, but this is to me. <laughs> This, to me, is one of the weirdest things in the movie. So they go in the room where his wife was, and there's a guy that Jean-Claude Van Damme starts fighting. A guy that's also doing, like, kung fu, karate type stuff, right? With a Rosa Club knife uh, for a... Well, his- that's the thing. No, no, no. It's a Rosa the Club knife takes- for his foot. Yes, yeah, he takes <laughs> off his shoes. He takes off his shoes, and he's holding the knife with his toes, and he's attacking Jean-Claude Van Damme with a knife he's holding with his feet. Anybody? Anybody does, he a, does, he a, does he have a thumb foot? Like how is he holding this knife? They needed to bring in another James Bond reference. That's all. I, just, <laughs> I, I, just, I don't I just, know how he thought that was gonna help him in fighting JCVD. I mean, because he obviously gets an ass kick. Well, it doesn't even look cool. Like, I'm sorry, but a no. guy holding a knife with his feet is not cool. I, like, maybe, the, like, I could see, like, they were like, oh, well, this is going to be unique because he's holding a knife with his feet, but it's not a cool visual at all. No, feet, just, feet inherently are not cool. It just <laughs> looks awkward. Yeah, LPJ's
0: not a fan of feet. I don't
1: like feet. <laughs> uh, Can and
0: a an question? Yeah. yeah. Like are you asking? Are you
1: asking a JCVD question? or Are you asking JCVD a question?
0: <laughs> um, about like his films and his fan base.
1: Okay, you can, you can ask him directly.
0: Oh God! Um, like when most people are tuning into one of his films, do we think they more expect martial arts and like? acrobatics or do we think they expect like John Wick, like gung fu stuff, you know? Cause I, I feel like in this one, like I didn't know what to expect. I didn't know if it was going to be like the gunplay play stuff and those action sequences, or if it was going to be like, cause I'm used to like lion heart. I feel like is me or like kickboxer, you know, like in my mind from the little, I know about the guy. That's kind of what I have is more like a martial arts thing. So like, is there, is one more common in his body work than the other, or when people like tune into his stuff, are they hoping for more like one than the other? It's I don't weird. know if that question made sense. No, it made
1: total sense. His early films were very kickboxer, lionheart, you know, esque. His later films, like um, Hard Target and uh, like oh, Time yeah. Cop, those are more like traditional action film like gunplay, some kicks and stuff, but the martial arts, he lost a lot of his martial arts the longer his career went.
0: Okay. Yeah, I did not think he does
1: the splits in this movie. No, he No, no he does. He does the uh, up against the wall stretches legs. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, right, right. right, right in okay. the montage at the colony. Yeah. Yeah, yeah AJ, I, I remember when we did the episode on sudden death, which came out the year before this. Yeah. He does no fighting in that movie. Nope. It's really? it's all Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it was really weird the way he. Yeah, he went traditional action star and away from all of the all of the kickboxing stuff. Yeah. Okay. So meanwhile, the the baby gets born in a basement. <laughs> <laughs> right? Like, where the hell are they? Uh, and and Stavro seems to really care about his wife. All of a sudden, like, makes me feel like almost maybe he might not kill her. He might just marry her. Who the hell knows? Uh, but that is where. Rodman has a relationship with, with a bunch of monks. Yeah, he has <laughs> a pre established Cyber monks that know how to hack the internet in 1997. Yeah, but then the, they're hacking the internet, but then that's when the, the guys from the uh, colony help him out, because they, like, hack the signal, and they show him where his wife's being held. And, and, okay. Um, and then they, they, have to, they have to blow the gate... So they have to blow, like, this, uh, they're trying to sneak out, and they have to blow this, like, uh, grating that's covered the thing, so they happen to have some plastic explosives with them, so they have to, like, set it off so they're hiding, and that's when, like, Dennis Rodman's throwing these skulls, like, basketballs to, like, set them off, and then, like, the first one, he's, like, airball, and I have a note that says, fuck (laughs) this (laughs) movie. Can I also mention, this is where JCVD climbs a fucking wall like Spider-Man, did you catch that? Oh, yeah, when they're in when they're <laughs> the, the hospital and he just, like, climbs up that pipe. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. like, okay, now, now he's got fucking web sense. And also, like, Mickey Rourke Stavros is, like, after the baby's born, then he's, like, hey, he tells this guy, he's, like, kill both of them. Kill, like, the doctor and Jean-Claude Van Damme's wife. But then, like, the, why did the doctor have a gun in her bag? She pulls out a gun in her bag and shoots the bad guy. Yeah, where did the doctor come from? Did, 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 did Stavros like, hire the doctor? Is the, doc, is the doctor also held at gunpoint then? But then, like you said, why, why would they have to do... I feel like I feel doctors like in Rome come armed? I feel like there's deleted scenes from this movie they have to do with that doctor's backstory because I feel like we're supposed to know more about her but we don't, so...
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, uh, okay, so they rescue the wife, but then they find out that Stavros still has their son, so he goes back to get his son. Uh, Stavros is hanging out in the Coliseum, I guess. Um, <laughs> and then, it's not the Coliseum at all. It's because it's like five times too small, but it's supposed yeah. to definitely be the Coliseum. So yeah. like, they're hanging out in the mini Coliseum. Uh, he's just <laughs> hanging out in leather pants with his shirt off. Um, he has <laughs> a son. He, he placed a bunch of mines around the ground but he marked where the mines are, which I thought was odd, because if you want some of the stuff on a mine, I don't know why you'd mark them all with, like, crosses. And then, okay. (laughs) So he's like, hey, we're going to fight. He's like, if you beat me, you can take your son. If you lose, I'm going to raise your son as my own. They kind of replaced my son that got killed. But then, like, the the wild factor is that they let that tiger out. (laughs) And the tiger goes after him. the tiger is like, really focused on taking junk Club Van Dam down. Because even when he, like, jumps out of the, the, the ground, like, into the stands, like, the tiger's still chasing him. And I'm like, that, like, why is the tiger so focused on killing him? Can I also bring up right now, too, that it looks like throughout the scene, this final scene here, that they are stepping on the landmines. <laughs> but they're not stepping on the landmines. Because the tiger clearly should have stepped on one at this yeah. point. Yeah, I, I don't know how the tiger did not uh, immediately step on one of those yeah. landmarks. And there are scenes where JCVD and Mickey Work are, like, centimeters away from the cross. It's like, what kind of mine is this that has that type of precision that it's not going off? Well, maybe it's, like, one of those things where, I don't know if you guys have ever seen those videos online where they people put, like, a bunch of stuff out in front of their cats, and they call their cats, and the cats, like, instinctively, like walk through all of it without knocking anything over. Have you guys ever seen one of that. I have seen that yeah. You may, so maybe, you know, that, maybe you're right. Maybe tigers have it too. However, I will say this, uh, tigers have huge paws. So <laughs> I don't think they're like, going to be that precise. Let I me mean, I mean, I mean say this. Tigers are fucking tigers. Yeah. <laughs> it, tigers are guys, big ass t- cats. I think I'd be remiss if I didn't mention that before the tiger starts chasing him, Dennis Rodman shows up on a dirt bike. <laughs> <laughs> he shoots out of the fucking sky through the Coliseum, does not land on a landmine, and then shows up.
0: Yes. Yeah.
1: So um, he, like, saves the baby. Uh, JCVD and Stavros have, like, a big fight. And, like, the ending reveal is that, like, they're both standing on landmines, you think, right? But the reveal is is that Dennis Rodman actually switched the mines. So like one of them is marked as a mine, there wasn't a mine there, and one where Stavros is standing shouldn't be a mine, but there is a mine. And then when did he do that?
0: Because the crosses, right? he makes the crosses which marked them.
1: Yeah, yeah. When did he do that? Because because right? yeah, he he yeah. yeah, yeah. first off, he abandons the baby in the middle of the hallway of the Colosseum. Well, he puts it uh, in a little, he puts in a nook, he puts it in a nook. A nook? Like, the fucking thing's still sticking out, clearly, into the hallway. <laughs> um. So anyways, so then the tiger shows back up, and, like, the end of Stavros is the tiger's, like... <laughs> the tiger jumps at him to, like, maul him, and he lifts off his foot, so they both get, like, blown to hell. Um, Blown to hell is again an understatement, Hovercraft Joe. This fucking coliseum explodes like a goddamn nuclear bomb, and it only looked like in the beginning of the scene that there were maybe like ten landmines <laughs> in the ground, but somehow the entire coliseum spawn style fucking explodes into a hell dimension. Yeah, it, does, it is it it a it insane does. the amount of like explosions. <laughs> And the coke vending machines go flying into the air, which Rodman luckily uses to protect JCVD and the baby. So even though there's fire, literally Don't Belloc forget Belloc. oh, Belloc's there. Don't forget Belloc shows up, too. Rodman saves the day with the coke vending machine, and they all show up perfectly okay.
0: Can I, sh- can I share something from my notes? <laughs> Absolutely. Please. <laughs> I wrote in my notes fucked up if that tiger just died <laughs> <laughs> that tiger died because it got blown up I like yeah. it in my notes I wrote down like if it happened yeah, I
1: thought they killed the tiger earlier because when it's trying to get him and they're on like a ledge like something happens and this whole like walkway collapses with the tiger on. I'm like oh the tiger's dead the tiger's fine with then the tiger gets blown up. Man, man, so, man. RIP Tiger. Rip, RIP, rest in peace, Tiger. It not get go that way. This is where I this is where I need your guys help, okay? Oh, so this let is me clear? Yeah, let me walk through what I think happened at the end of the movie and then you guys can help me out, okay? So after they're saved by the coke machine, Belloc, who was the guy that's supposed to bring Jean-Claude Van Damme back to the colony, Like pulls a gun on him and he's like, "Hey!" And you think he's gonna kill him or bring him back, but he's like, "Hey, no! Like, give me your shirt and some of your blood or some of your hair, and I'll make it seem like I killed you." I think, but then Dennis Rodman is like, says something and pulls like a coin out of his pocket and like (laughs) throws the coin on the ground, and then there's like smoke, and then like Jean Claude Van Damme drives off. I'm like. What what? Somebody help me talk me through this end scene What happens? Can anybody help me out? No, that's that's exactly what happened. Oh, yeah. why did he throw the coin? Like, why know. did he need to? He I don't I don't
0: get it. Yeah, then, it's tough because like he was trying to help him out, right? Like they're trying to have the compromise. Yeah, like what that's was, a thing. you thing they could go along with it. Like, yeah, that's why a why thing. you gotta throw the parlor trick like that?
1: Yeah, because it was almost like oh Dennis Rodman saved him. But, like, save him from what? Bellock wasn't going to kill him. He's just like, I'm just going to make them think I got you. And then Maybe, like, maybe because the colony can see everything, Rodman threw the coin to block the satellite that was seeing them from up in space. I thought maybe, and maybe, I, again, maybe I'm giving too credit. I thought maybe it was a thing where, like, they were trying to help Belloc get away from the colony. So, like, they were making the explosion was to make them think maybe Belloc got killed or, or something. Because then, like, Belloc seems pretty happy when he drives off at the end. And then, and then, like, this movie, of course, can't end with one last dumb basketball reference, because Dennis is like, oh, no, they're going to try and find me for this. And he's, like, walking up the steps of the destroyed Coliseum. And he's like, they're going to find me for this. And it's like, you're not a basketball player in the movie. You're not... You're an arms dealer. Like, yes, I know that it's Dennis Rodman, the basketball player, playing this character, but there's no connection to basketball in the movie. And all he does is make basketball reference. It was so frustrating to me. But that's the end. That's the end. No, that's not the end. There's one final insult at the end, and it's the ending song. We're not going to play it because we can't find the right version, but it's that Crystal – is it Crystal Waters? The waters just a freak featuring Dennis Rodman, and and the copy we found does not have Dennis Rodman in it whatsoever. (laughs) True, I'm not even going to play it. If you want to listen to it, you're going to have to watch the movie. Can I just say though, Hovercraft Joe, you do an impressive Dennis Rodman impression. (laughs) Do I? You (laughs) You. do. I feel like LPJ. If you would have played the song and then just had Hovercraft Joe sing over it. We would not have known the difference. It would have been Dennis Rodman here. I think we're going to do a spin-off podcast where LBJ does his Jean-Claude Van Damme and I do my Dennis Rodman. (laughs) You two should do a remake of Double Team. Wow. (laughs) All right. Only if you get get really jacked and play Mickey Rourke in it. Deal. (laughs) I'm in. Now we should have fun at Tiger. We can have AJ, you can be the Tiger or you can (laughs) be Boa. It's up to you. Yeah. He's
0: like, for sure. it's, it's
1: like, I can't wait for the scene in the amusement park where I just stomp around in the cage, looking around.
0: Yeah. But that—I
1: mean—that's uh, it. That is a song. Movie. End of the movie.
0: Oh, this movie. <laughs>
1: yeah. I mean, it's—it's it's like, definitely. Feel, I feel fatigued. <sighs> It's definitely an experience, and you know what's funny? Because we, we don't watch these all at the same time, so it was like this is a real kind of funny, like, <laughs> like oh yes. Like, at the beginning of the week, we get a bunch of just just I get we get a bunch of distressed messages from LBJ about this movie. Who is like, fuck this movie, <laughs> Dennis Rodman's singing during the credits. I hate this movie, and I'm like, well, that's not a good sign. And then like, Sphinx watches it next. And we get some more distressing messages, and I'm like, oh, no. Like, I still haven't watched it yet, so I'm like, this, this probably isn't going to be good. I mean, I didn't have high hopes going into it to begin with, but it was kind of very distressing seeing the progression of you guys watch. Because, I mean, let's be honest. I knew that Sphinx is not going to like this movie. <laughs> <laughs> I, was, was a I, was, I was concerned when LPJ started giving us those comments in the chat that he was fucking pissed. Yeah, thing, I'm uh, like, oh no. I need to read my like, comments. What, yeah, like, what have we gotten ourselves into that LPJ is unhappy about a JCVD movie? And then, and, then when, and then I'll say, too, AJ messages me, and he's like, yeah, I saw the movie last night. I have some thoughts. <laughs> yeah, so <laughs> like, the, the conversation went like this. Holy shit, Sphinx, you're going to hate Double Team. Uh, good luck. Fuck this dumb movie. Rodman <laughs> is featured in the end credits song. Oh, fuck. It's bad. <laughs> Um, and I think I was like I think I said like oh man I haven't watched it yet I can't wait to see it you're like fuck you (laughs) (laughs) yes exactly what I said and then Sphinx um, what the fuck am I watching this movie (laughs) my god yeah it's real bad I I do find it hilarious now knowing that it came out the same year as Spawn so I love that 97 was a good year for you
0: Yeah, real great year.
1: All right, Uh, we we got anything else? Anything else? Anyone wants to bring up before we do our ratings?
0: I feel like it's it was kind of funny for me because, like, in my notes, I kind of sketched out. It's like, uh, like maybe I just didn't get it, you know, and it's like <laughs> I'm trying to have this lens of like there might be people that enjoy action films and like this is like their thing, you know, so I don't want to like roast it or cook it. It's like maybe I just like, you know, maybe I just don't get it. Maybe it's not for me. So uh, I feel like it's insightful to hear you guys and how you feel about it. even it. you guys being action movie guys, you know how it was for you. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's been like a really I think insightful is my word. It's been a really insightful cast for me and I really enjoyed it. I love how diplomatic you're being. Um, all right, let's. But Bullet, like, do you think that it's like just like not for me, or do you think it's the thing where like it's just not that great of a movie? No, we'll like, get- oh, 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 that's not a good movie. Yeah, we'll,
1: we'll get yeah. to we'll our ratings. You'll see. Okay. All right. I'm gonna hit okay. The okay, AJ, as the guest, you get to pick. Do you want to go first and do your rating, or do you want to have one of us go first? Totally up to you.
0: I'm going to let you guys lead the way for sure. You guys are the experts.
1: All right. So, I guess of the three of us, who wants to start? I think you should go first. I think okay. you should go first. Okay. So, objectively, this is a bad movie. Oh, boy. Subjectively, also a bad movie. Um, <laughs> yeah. This, like, it hurts. Like, it hurt to watch. There's a lot in this movie that is bad. And very little in this movie that's good. Um, like Dennis Rodman and John claude Van Dam are not good together. The only bright spot, dimly bright spot in this movie, is Mickey Rourke. I enjoyed Mickey Rourke in this. I don't think he was overacting. I don't think he was underacting. I think he did exactly what he needed to do. Um, I, I thought he was good in this. Like I have no issues with Mickey Rourke in this film whatsoever. <laughs> I wish the movie was just about the colony, and didn't have Dennis Rodman or John Clut Van Dam in it, and had a better plot. Basically, I wish I was watching a different movie. Um, (laughs) Yeah, this movie was it was a train wreck. What do you? What do you? What do you? (laughs) (laughs) Like you're really building up your. You never build your rating up like this before. I'm going first. All right, I'm going to give it. um, Oh God. One and a half machine guns. I'll I'll go next because I don't really have much more to add besides this movie's fucking terrible. Uh <laughs> they kill a tiger, man. That's horrible. How could they do that? There there's there's just And they kill a kid! They fucking kill I was, gonna, kill a, I was gonna say, does you remember that they killed a kid in this too? Because it it's all things bad. I mean <sighs> Did I know going into it that if Dennis Rodman's in it or we're not looking at an Osc- Oscar worthy yeah. performance? Yeah, I knew that. Yeah, but but, some
0: razzies.
1: Yeah, but, <laughs> but like Hovercraft Joe has mentioned, I mean, all the basketball puns are so bad when it has nothing to do with the film. Like, like legit, like, Dennis Rodman kinda got screwed. I feel like he probably is a better actor, but was forced to take on this. I don't think he's a good actor at all. But like there could have been there could have been more there. I don't know. This movie fucking sucks. One one machine gun. Um yeah, I mean, I, you you guys are right. This is not I mean it's not a good movie. It's bad. Um, there's not a lot of redeemable stuff about it Dennis Rodman is not good at acting Um, him and JCVD are not good together this reeks of a movie that probably got like had like a half hour cut out of it because it seems like (laughs) there's a lot of just stuff that I mean maybe I'm giving it too much credit but it just there's a lot of stuff that doesn't make sense and it's like I feel like there was a lot of stuff cut out I I will say watching it, though, I was like, it's going to be fun to talk about it on the podcast, which it was. So uh, I'll, I'll give it that. Um, I'll, I'll give it uh, one and a half machine guns as well. Don't watch it, though. Especially because I had to pay to watch it. That was the worst part. Uh, I watched it for free on Stars. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Luckily,
0: I had a digital coupon. I only had to pay $2 for it. Ah, man. AJ, what do you got? Yeah. So, um. And I feel I feel like for me it's like the letterbox mindset. And so for me on letterbox, like a two stars for me is like a meh and it's like kinda of like blah it's that weird area where like you don't even have a reaction to something and sometimes that's even worse than it being good or bad when you just forget about it immediately. And then for me like a one star is like really bad and then like a half star is like trash, like the worst of the worst, you know? Um so I, I think I agree with the uh the the one and a half, which for me is just like a bad movie, you know, I would say When I think of a bad movie, I would think this would fit it. But um, I think like you guys have also said, like, maybe if it's like if people, the pandemic wasn't going on and they were able to hang out, could it be fun for people to watch together? I I could see that, you know, like, have I enjoyed spending time with you guys and talking about it? I have, you know, so I I think like you guys were saying, too, I think there are positives to be found when you look for them, you know. Um, So, yeah, with one and a half, you know, I'm not going to totally dog it. It's not trash. It's not really bad, but it's bad.
1: Yeah, I, I agree. It's it's definitely it's not unwatchable. Like it's not like like there's enough in it. Like the action sequences, while confusing, they're not terrible. Like they're they're. I would say that the action sequences are are not well put together or kind of like choreographed. Or Samuel Hung, he should have done some more work. But, like, I, I don't think it's, like, unwatchable, if that makes sense. Like, it's not good, and it's not a fun experience to watch, but, like, there's definitely other movies we've covered on this podcast where I'd be like, I don't want to watch that again, where this, I could be like, yeah, okay, I could sit down and watch it, you know? Exactly. This movie doesn't piss me off, like Spawn and RoboCop 2 and Delta Warstead, you know? Um. So that's why, yeah, it's... It, it didn't get zero or one, I gave it. Oh no, I did give it one. Well, it didn't get less than one. Yeah, It's definitely the worst Jean-Claude Van Damme movie we've done on the podcast. Oh, yeah, easily. Easily. <laughs> I, don't right know, uh, I don't know. I don't uh, know. Sphinx really dislikes Sudden Death, so. <sighs> Which is weird. Like, it's so weird it was, that you hate that movie. It was FNC, FNC, FNC. That was like, that was one. That was a classic Sphinx where he had, like, Weird issues with it, where he's like, Oh, why would there just be one guy in charge for like the FBI running the thing outside? It's like, I don't know, because I think that's how those things work where there's someone in charge of the situation. Because sudden Death tried to act more serious. And this movie was not acting serious at any part. So Is that, that is that just is that just because Dennis Rodman had six different hair colors randomly throughout the movie and they don't explain to you how it happened so fast? He just has like a different hairstyle and color?
0: Pretty much, yeah.
1: <laughs> All right. Um, so, anybody, anybody have anything else to add? I want to thank uh, AJ for being here with us. I was getting to that. Uh, uh, I was going to do the uh, the plugs first, then let him do his plugs. Okay. I wanted to make sure. All right. <laughs> I didn't forget he's there. <laughs> okay. Then go ahead and, and continue. All right. So, we are part of the GameZilla Media group. Uh, check us out at gameszillamedia.com you can uh, listen to all of our podcasts, the GameZilla podcast, us. Uh, Noiseland Arcade is kind of there. Uh, Legend of Retro, Noobs and Dragons. Um, I don't know. Is Movie is Movie Blast still up there?
0: No more Movie Blast, man.
1: No, they pulls it down?
0: No, no more Movie Blast.
1: Nope, no, no Movie Blast at all. AJ was the former host of a great podcast called the Movie ba- Movie Blast with... Um uh what was it? Movie blast with Bob and Bax. Bob and Backs. Bob and Bax, okay. Yeah, I, mean, I, knew was it, right. I knew it was Bob. I just didn't know if it was all right. You get my point. <laughs> anyway, so yeah, we got all kinds of stuff on com And uh check out our Discord. You can uh you know chat with us on Discord. It's it's a lot of fun. Um AJ, is there anything you would
0: like to plug? Uh I mean I am in the GZM Discord, you know, Um, on there I would be Sci-Fi AJ. Um, So if people wanted to DM me on there or something or tag me on there, you know, I'm around. Um, I'm pretty active on Letterboxd. I enjoy Letterboxd as an app. I like logging things. And I feel like there's a few people on there and like I dig their reviews, you know. So like as they're posting new things, I'll at least skim it and drop a like. So, I mean, if you're a Letterboxd user and you want someone that might skim occasional review and drop a like on, you could find me on there. Um, and I'm sci-fi AJ on Letterboxd as well. And, uh, so yeah, nothing really particular, you know, and I, I appreciate you guys having me. And, uh, I think that's all. Yeah. You know, and I hope everybody yeah. out there to be sentimental, uh, knows like they're important and that they matter. You know, I know the pandemic is hard for a lot of people. So I appreciate that you guys are able to do the community thing with each other. And I hope that people listening, you know, it can be like community for them, you know, and, um, yeah, so just let everybody out there, you know, you matter and keep pushing on and keep doing what you're doing, you know. As long as you're not hurting people. If you have like a good heart, keep doing what you're doing. As long <laughs> yes. as you help heart Yes.
1: yes. Yeah. I agree. And I'll say too, uh, AJ has seen a lot of movies. So AJ has a vast, vast amount of knowledge for movies. Like he will always uh bounce things off of me and, and it's usually things I can't even keep up with. So if you're a big movie buff out there, AJ's definitely a guy to talk to. So and, and i appreciate you being so game to come on and just do this movie which is obviously there weren't a lot of high hopes going into the movie and i appreciate you just being game to be like yeah whatever i'll check it out and watch it and you know we all we all agree it was awful but uh it, it's great that you were kind of like yeah i'll just do it and see what happens so
0: yeah C- can i share another thought uh 100 i think it's um it's cool to like so like somebody like me and like sphinx was saying like the movie consumption for me is pretty steady you know um, and sometimes I don't want to say it's like a burnout thing, you know? It's that weird mix of like, obviously, I really enjoy it. Obviously, I'm passionate about it. But sometimes it does get to the point, like, what do you watch? Or it's kind of like a burnout feeling. So it's cool for me, even if it's not like a great movie, if somebody's like, hey, like, do you want to watch this? And there's like a meaning behind it or like a purpose behind it, you know? So it, uh, I think like, what am I trying to get to? It helps me remember like why movies are cool, you know? Like they can help you like see other worlds, they can help you see other people's situations, they can broaden your horizons, or they can just be fun, or they can help you connect with other people, you know, so uh, yeah, I, I appreciate you guys having me on and reminding me why movies are cool, that's what I wanted to get to, reminding me why movies are cool. That's
1: awesome. And I, and I and yeah, no, and I, I agree with you 100%, and especially like, left to my own devices, I feel like that I would just end up watching the same movies over and over <laughs> again, so I like this podcast forcing me to watch things you know sometimes are things that i don't really want to watch or i probably wouldn't but i like that this podcast makes me watch things and kind of gets me out of my comfort zone of movies even in the genre of action movies you know this makes me you know these the last two episodes are movies that i would not have watched and i not had to watch them for the podcast so that's uh one thing i i definitely agree with you on that kind of that kind of front yep and aj you are welcome back here anytime so anytime you want to be on, just shoot me a message or, you know, maybe we'll just send you a list of what we're doing coming up and you can be like, yeah, I'll be on that. Anytime till our apparently impending implosion. Is about <laughs> well, fingers crossed. We make it to 200 guys. Let's see what we can do. It. If we're going to explode, we might as well explode the style of this movie and have a tiger get blown up and the entire Coliseum go nuclear. All right.
0: That's that's fair the it up, kind of it option. Yep, yeah, I go bit. we're go bigger. bigger go you guys, what number is this?
1: This is going to be uh, one. This might be one thirty. was going to oh, say sorry. almost one thirty. Yeah, yeah, I know we're in the one twenty. So. so yeah, we just did one. This will be one twenty. No, this will be one twenty-eight.
0: There you go. It's awesome. getting there.
1: Yep. Yeah. We're getting there. Excellent. We're close. <laughs> and by close, I mean we we're, we're seventy away. But you know, we'll get there. <laughs> Uh, All right. Well, in that case, this episode of The Last Action Podcast has been terminated. But we'll be back.